Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty and I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I'm a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, managing all of my teams 365 days a year, especially during free agency. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Today we're actually going to finally catch up on the first two weeks of uh, the free agency. I apologize that I missed a podcast last week. It's just been a really busy season for me. Um, I'm a UT baseball fan, so I've been going to University of Texas baseball games, booking me up a little bit on my weekends when I do a lot of my fantasy work, but as well as just kind of normal life type of things. So appreciate your patience. If you were a weekly follower, we're back now, and so I hope to get back to going once a week. It's fun, though, to kind of wait for two weeks and, and analyze all the different things that have happened in free agency, man. Free agency is like one of the most exciting times of a year for diehard uh, fantasy dynasty owners. It's one of the best parts of the year because players' values fluctuate quite a bit during free agency, right? Especially this time of year when people trade like they have. We'll talk some about Antonio Brown and, and um, OBJ. Just massive trades that are taking place. So people's values are, are really rising and falling, uh, both to, to the players that are traded to teams, but also the players that are left on the teams from which they were traded. And so things fluctuate quite a bit, so it's really fun. It's so fun if you're like in an active league. Um, to be real honest, I've got a number of leagues that are fairly active, but we started a new league called the Diehards, and that's been the most fun league for me this year because during free agency, we're all using GroupMe to text back and forth and share our thoughts on the moves that are made. Man, I hope you guys are in leagues like that because that makes it so much more fun when everyone's following year-round, charting the moves, disappointed when their players get kind of covered up by a free agent and excited when someone gets moved to a new situation. It's a really fun time to be a dynasty owner, really fun time to make trades too if you're in an active league. I hope that you are. So today we're actually going to talk, finally uh, summarize, summarize some of my thoughts, went back to all my rankings and re-ranked everybody and hopefully got all the teams right. Had to switch guys uh, teams uh, on all the, the website as well and uh, looked at the rankings and kind of reassessed where everyone was and moved people up or down. So I've got just a few comments on some of the guys that I moved up. There's a lot more guys that I moved up based on where they landed and a number of people that I moved down. A lot kind of remained the same, so I know there was way more moves than I'm going to mention today. I'm not going to comment on every move that was made during free agency, but I will comment on uh, the ones that seemed to make the most impact, where it like radically affected someone's status, like move them far up or far down. Those will be the guys that I talk about today. So hope that you enjoy this. Uh, thanks for listening. Let's talk about players whose stock is rising, and we'll start first with, first with quarterbacks, which none of these guys are super impact players, but I thought worth noting because they did become starters, and when they become starters for a new team, they certainly move up the ranks because they are going to be starting naturally, right? So first is Nick Foles with Jacksonville. Honestly, like I'm not a huge fan of Foles. Um, I love him as a person. He's an Austinite, and his uh, family has lots of great restaurants in Austin that I frequent, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a fan of Foles, both he and his character, um, but now he's a starter now. Uh, so not as much a fan of his play, but now that he's a starter, you have to move him up in the rankings. And to be truthful, I only moved him up to 27. So you think there's 32 starters. Those would generally be the top 32 in a dynasty rankings, but I only moved him up to 27. Um, the thing is, the, the few questions that I have with him, even though he gets a chance now to start, I still believe that they're going to be a run-first team. And I feel like 
Westbrook and Lee are guys that I'm somewhat excited about. Westbrook's actually the one that I'm most hopeful for. Um, I am curious about Marquise Lee to see if he actually comes back from his uh, injury. I've actually got him on lots of teams because I, I bought him up when everyone dropped him last year after the injury, thinking he might come back to be uh, a best their best receiver. He is their most highest paid receiver for sure. So Lee and Westbrook have some intriguing uh, characteristics to them, but I just kind of feel like they're going to continue to be a run-first team, so I don't think that Foles is ever really going to rise uh, super high. Second guy that I have to mention, just because he became a starter again, is Joe Flacco in Denver. Um, I actually really love Flacco's weapons. Like I love that he's got Hamilton and Sutton um, and, and possibly Emmanuel Sanders, if it's true that he's actually you know progressing faster from his injury than they thought. Um, he has a lot more weapons and I think a lot more experience. I trust him more as a quarterback than I do Foles, so I'm kind of excited that, that Flacco landed there. The only downside as far as being able to rank him in dynasty rankings is his age. So if it, was, if it was like a redraft league, I would definitely draft Flacco above Foles. But in a dynasty league, he's just kind of a guy that you might hold, you know, on the bottom of your roster. Um, I feel like uh, Denver might possibly draft a quarterback this year too, uh, not to really beat him out. I think Flacco's got at least this year to try to prove himself. But with all that said, I just moved him up to quarterback number 28. Definitely worth rostering if uh, you were in a one quarterback league I feel like he's actually all of these guys that are starters you should roster in a one quarterback league and then that brings us to the final quarterback he's back Mr. Ryan Fitzpatrick man he'll certainly make things interesting in Miami um, that's pretty crazy that he landed there and um, is back to trying to do Fitz magic type of things to your contract so I, I still feel like he's just kind of a stopgap that Miami's either going to draft a quarterback this year or, you know, rumors are that they're actually really trying to tank, tank for Tua, and they're trying to kind of tank this year. Uh, that's curious, though, because I think Fitzpatrick can lead them to some wins, so I don't think they're trying to tank too bad. If you really wanted to tank, you would just kind of go with what you had, but they, they brought in someone who can make them somewhat competitive, particularly for this year. I'm actually curious to see what it will mean for the um, the Kenny Stills and Devontae Parker, who they, whom they chose to keep. Um, I'm actually really excited about Stills. I have him in a couple leagues and feel like uh, his price will rise. Parker, on the other hand, I'm uh, just kind of down on. I feel like if he hadn't done it by now, then he's not going to do it. But uh, Fitzpatrick will definitely be interesting. If it was a redraft league, I'd actually draft him ahead of both Flacco and Foles because I just trust in his um, ability to have kind of boom-bust games. But knowing that he's, you know, probably a stopgap, I only raised him to number 30 in my rankings. So not too much to say on quarterbacks. You've got number 27, 28, and 30 in my rankings. So not, not too much exciting there happening with quarterbacks. But I felt like I had to mention them just because uh, they're starters now. And if they're starters, uh, they should be rostered on all of our rosters, both one quarterback and two quarterback leagues. A little bit more exciting now when we come to running backs. Uh, so several running backs that made significant rises in my rankings. First would be Carlos Hyde from Kansas City. Man, I, I tell you the truth, I've always loved Hyde. I feel like he's always very underrated in the dynasty community, which is likely why I have him on so many of our rosters. It's crazy. In all my leagues, I have him in, in probably 75% of my rosters just because I've always believed in him. Um, he's not thought of highly by NFL coaches or GMs, apparently, because he's bounced around from team to team to team. And I don't know if that's like a, a character type of thing. There were rumors of that in Jacksonville this last year, that he actually was the one that kind of made Fournette uh, kind of give up on the, on, the, on the team as well. So I don't know what it is character-wise with him, but when he's played, he's always played well for whichever team he's played for, even in short spots. And so 
I've always uh, loved him and have held on to him in so many leagues. This time he actually lands at like the perfect spot, right, in Kansas City. Um, man, Kansas City knows how to use their running backs, and they can make a huge playoff run that won some of us our Super Bowls riding on the back of Damian Williams, of all people, in this last year. And if Damian Williams can do it, I'm, I'm just convinced that um, Carlos Hyde is just as good, particularly as a two-down back. Damian Williams might be a better receiver, but Carlos Hyde showed his receiving chops too when he was in San Francisco for that year. So it's just it's really uh, complex to see that these guys are going to be added. What I felt like was most important about this was that he was actually added to a team in free agency, which makes me think that Kansas City's not going to draft a running back in the draft. I could be wrong on that. Um, but it looks to me like they, by selling D Ford and by uh, Justin Houston going away, I just feel like, man, they are actually going to load up on defense. And they knew they were going to load up on defense. So they take Carlos Hyde here. And that just means that he's going to be a significant part of their offense. And so I've tried to trade for him in leagues where I have him. And a few leagues I've actually tried to offer him with people that had Damian Williams just to see if someone else was high on him like I was. But it seems like for the most part, people are not. And so I am trying to buy. My buddy Dave Muggy, come on, man. You got to give me Hyde. He's on high on him too, and I can't quite get him in a trade. Um, I feel like I was offered a trade for Damian Williams this last week. Uh, Damian Williams for 1.10 in a 12 team league. And I thought about doing it just because I have so much confidence in Hyde. Uh, that said, I feel like I kind of want to wait out the draft and see. Maybe I can approach this owner uh, another time shortly after the draft. It's kind of risky when you're drafting running backs at this time before the NFL draft, but. I believe Hyde is going to compete for that position and could start for a significant amount of time or at least split time significantly with Damian Williams. The leagues where I actually have Damian Williams, I have one in my my favorite league, Die Hard League. I've actually got uh, Damian Williams, and then Carlos Hyde was my free agent that got moved there, so I was super happy about having both those players for Kansas City. So Carlos Hyde, I've moved him up to my running back number 37. So just outside a top three, just outside of an every week flex kind of play, um, number 37. Next player that I've always loved too is uh, Latavius Murphy, uh, Murray, who went to New Orleans. I've always loved him. Like uh, I loved him in Oakland, I loved him in Minnesota, and now here I love him again with New Orleans. Perhaps most of all here in New Orleans, uh, man, he landed in just a wonderful spot with a four-year contract. You know, you got to pay attention to those contracts in these free agency trades or free agency acquisitions, I should say, because it speaks to what the the Saints are thinking about him long term and how they plan to use him. I think he's going to be the new Mark Ingram there in New Orleans. So he'll split time with Kamara, and they'll get a lot of. I think that he'll get a lot of goal line runs, which is really where he excels. Kamara is great at the goal line too, so I'm sure they'll split some of those. But uh, Murray has already proven himself to be a great goal line runner, and so I think that that's what he's going to be used for. Um, I think that he's an automatically flex start. Like if you're in a you know three, if you've got a you know two running backs, three receivers, and a flex spot. Man, I would feel super happy to start Murray at my flex position every week. Kamara has demonstrated the capacity to be healthy all the time, and so maybe he's just a super healthy guy, but he's also been healthy because he's been spelled so much by Ingram. And so I think that uh, Peyton has shown a, uh, Sean Payton, their coach, has shown a huge track record of using two running backs. And so Latavius Murray, man, his, his uh, value really rose for me. He's now moved up to number 36 for me, so he's definitely a a uh, guy that I've been trying to trade for after this uh, after this uh, season. I've also tried to trade him to the Camara owner in one of my leagues just to see if someone wanted the handcuff there, and I tried to trade him for a second round early, or first second round pick, because it would be pick number 13 in one of my drafts, so I'd be willing to give him up for that, but 
overall, Murray's stock has really risen, uh, risen rather. Um, I like him a lot. This one's a little bit under notice, but I'll actually say the next running back that I have rising is uh, Peyton Barber from Tampa Bay. He just got a little one-year contract and went relatively unnoticed, but Barber's going to get one more year at Tampa Bay, and Arians has been kind of gushing about him, saying that he really likes Barber. And I wouldn't be surprised if if Barber starts uh, for the season this year as their lead back, at least at the start of the year. I think the Tampa Bay will probably draft a running back. I don't think they'll do it early in the first round, but they're going to draft a, a running back somewhere along the way. And they'll, they'll be competing with Ronald Jones, you know, the rookie who had such a difficult year last year, and be competing with Barber. Um, all that said, I still moved him up to my running back number 48, which is only three spots behind Ronald Jones, which I have ranked at number 45. I've got a good buddy. It's a savvy uh, Devi follower and a savvy uh, dynasty owner named Josh. And Josh uh, is also, a, he's, he's admittedly like a Tampa homer. He loves Tampa Bay. Uh, that's his favorite team. But he traded just this last week for Barber for a third-round pick in the draft, which I think was really a steal. And he's been talking to me about how he's convinced that Arians is really high on Barber, and Barber's going to be the guy there uh, in Tampa Bay, at least at the start of this year. So Barber was a sneaky one. I've risen him up to number 48. Last running back that I'll mention that's risen is Mike Davis from Chicago. Uh, man, the Bears and Coach Nagy, they, they have plans for Davis. Otherwise, they wouldn't have signed him so quickly if they did not. So the Bears are a creative offense. I think Nagy wanted, I think he really wanted a more versatile weapon to pair with Tariq Cohen so that both players can do some of the same things. We all know that Jordan Howard has a hard time in the receiving game. He's a, a great runner. He's kind of consistently been a top 20 running back, uh, largely based on the touchdowns that he's shared. But I think that what, what Nagy really wants is he wants someone that with some of the same skills as Tariq Cohen so that when he's doing his offense, uh, running plays, calling plays, he knows that you don't know exactly what's going to happen because Tariq Cohen and Mike Davis can do some of the same things. And so that being said, I didn't move Davis up a ton, but I moved him up to running back number 49. But there's rumors that Howard's going to be traded. And if Howard is traded, uh, man, he'd move instantly up to the top tw- top 30 for me. So he'd be a top 30 running back if Howard were to be traded. So Mike Davis has risen. Let's talk some receivers. Here's some receivers that have risen, uh, some via free agency, and of course this one via trade. Odell Beckham Jr. uh, has moved on to Cleveland. Amazing. Um, OBJ never dropped far in my rankings because he's just just too good. Like just as an athlete, he's just too good. But he had fallen a, a little bit for me, especially given his injury concerns. And what I see is like a super bad quarterback play in New York. It was just so bad last year watching Manning try to get him the ball. The the injury concerns, of course, still stand. That's not going to change just because he moved to Cleveland. But the quarterback play, my goodness, it could not have gotten better <laughs> to move to such a young running back, that, or quarterback rather, that he can be paired with for years to come in Baker Mayfield. Um, I think you'll have an adjustment to make for sure. Um, with a new quarterback and a new offense, all those things take time for receivers but I don't think it'll take too long for him to be himself again. So I had moved him back a little bit. I, I can't remember, I think maybe to five or six, and I, knew I now moved him back up to number three. This last year, I was so soured on Beckham, largely because of his injuries, because of some of his character, actually, and just not knowing what he was going to do week-to-week character-wise, and then um, because of his quarterback play, and I was willing to trade him, and so I actually traded him to my buddy Shane, in a league where I got DeAndre Hopkins, so I got the wide receiver number one in my rankings that I thought was better than than OBJ. I also had to give up Devontae Freeman, but in that case, I was like, 
happy to do it because I had a lot of running backs in, in, that, in that league and was just trying to get my favorite receiver, a favorite, uh, receiver in Hopkins that never misses games for injury and uh, is paired with a great quarterback. Well, now things have changed a bit because OBJ is paired with a good quarterback, which means the future could be much brighter for him for sure. And so I'm a little more suspicious about that trade, though I'm, I'm still happy I have Hopkins for sure. Next wide receiver that moved up was Dante Moncrief, who landed in Pittsburgh. Man, there are, there are just so many targets to fill in Pittsburgh now that um, Antonio Brown has left. So we know that Juju is going to get an uptake, but he, he can't get too much more of an uptake because he was always super high, highly targeted already. I think Vance McDonald's going to get a bump for sure. I even suspect that Jalen Samuel is going to be used a lot more in the passing game since he played tight end um, and even receiver at, at NC State. So he's, he's got the, the chops to be able to play all over the field and is a great athlete. So I think he'll be used a lot more in the passing game. But even, even if Juju gets a bit more, McDonald and Samuel get a lot more, there's still so much to go around. And I really believe, and from what I've heard, that they really added Moncrief. They picked him up um, so that he and James Washington could play on the outside so that they could keep Juju in the slot where he's just so good. And so if that's what they're doing, that means that Washington and Moncrief are going to be playing a lot of plays on the outside. And so if that's the case, you have to bump up Moncrief's value for sure. Um, I moved him all the way up to number 54. While the James, younger James Washington, just because he's younger, is 38, though he's really not that much younger, just a couple years younger than Moncrief. Moncrief came out super early, and he was one of my favorites, one of the guys that I always liked, and even I think my very first Dynasty draft, I drafted him late and just loved him. Had those few good years with Indianapolis and has certainly struggled since. But pair him back with a quarterback like Roethlisberger, and he's super intriguing. He's a guy that I'm actually going to be trying to trade for um, in the next couple weeks for sure. Next one I had rising in the ranks is Devin Funches, who landed in Indianapolis. I just say this, two words, Andrew Luck. <laughs> so the fact is that Andrew Luck makes everyone better. If I can add two more words, it would be Chris Ballard. I mean, the Colts general manager knows what he's doing. Truthfully, I've actually never liked Funches, um, but I do love Luck and love Ballard. Like I trust them to make a guy better and to make moves that are so smart. And so I moved Funches uh, up to my number 55 receiver, so just kind of right behind Moncrief. Um, it's not a huge rise, but he was almost, well, it is a good rise. He was kind of left for dead if he was going to stay there at Carolina, particularly after this last year. But I think Indianapolis is wise, and they know what they're doing. So I moved him up uh, quite a bit. Lastly, two tight ends that are moving up. Uh, Jared Cook for New Orleans. This is perfect, right? Like I had Cooks. This is a little tricky because I actually had Cooks already ranked pretty highly largely because there's so much question marks with tight ends and there's kind of like an elite tier and everyone else just kind of is lumped together behind them. Um, I was actually hoping that he'd stay in Oakland, but I feel like this is even better. Um, I've got him on several teams, and when he landed in New Orleans, I just said, man, that's exactly what I've wanted. Um, it's kind of tricky because New Orleans has had like awesome tight ends when they've had tight end years with Jimmy Graham and Ben Watson. I'll call it Ben Watson 1.0, if you remember Ben Watson 1.0 before uh, he went elsewhere. But they've also had some pretty ineffective free agency attempts, right? They really have. Like they've uh, signed Colby Fleener and everyone was super high on him. Like, oh yeah, he's going to get paired with Breeze. This is going to be great. And even this last year where they signed Ben Watson again, it was like, oh, Ben Watson 2.0. He's going to be great. And these guys did nothing. And so there's a, I have to admit, there's a little bit of hesitancy with me with Cook. Um, but I do think athletically Cook is way better than those guys. So I'm actually super hopeful 
the Cooks will find a place there and do well. Um, I'm in one league right now where I just had Cook and Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's injuries and his another another surgery that he had this offseason have made me nervous, and Cook's landing spot have made me nervous. So I've been actually fishing around for tight ends, um, trying to see if I could spot a trade, actually targeting Vance McDonald um, in that league. But now that Cook has signed with New Orleans, I'm perfectly content just to go with Cook and Doyle and hope that Doyle stays healthy and just leave it at that and see what happens. Final tight end that I have rising in my stock is C.J. Uzama from Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati had three free agent tight ends of their own. Like, this is crazy. They went into the free agency period with Uzama and with Eifert and with Croft. Like, they're three tight ends, all of them free agents. And, and this is what you know. You're, you're letting the team speak for what they believe, and they ended up signing um, two of them. They, they kept Eifert and then they kept Uzama, but only one was saw, signed, signed to a longer-term contract, and that would be C.J. Uzama. And so the money reveals their plans, like follow the money. If the money is primarily going to Uzama, I believe that uh, they, they saw him do well in the games where he is healthy, though he was injured some too. But they must have seen enough to believe in him, and so Uzama will be their number one tight end. I believe he'll be their number one tight end for sure. So he's moved up in my ranks. Um, I moved him up to uh, tight end number 20. So, you know, suspect, but definitely you now that he's a starter, I believe he's uh, worthy of the number 20 spot in my tight end ranks. So we had way more guys that were actually rising in stock. I'll talk now a few uh, a few guys that I have falling in their stock. Uh, first would be quarterback uh, Teddy Bridgewater for, you know, stayed in New Orleans. I had him ranked a lot higher than most analysts just because I was sure that he'd sign with a team where he'd have the chance to, to be the starter. Um, but you can't do that anymore now that he's behind Breeze. He's not going to start ahead of Breeze. He's still my second highest ranked backup quarterback because I still believe in him and think he'll have a chance. But now that he's in New Orleans and who knows how many years Breeze is going to play, play, he's kind of buried. If I was in a two-quarterback league, I think I'd actually try to hold him. But if I was in a one-quarterback league, I think I'd drop him. Um, unless maybe I had Breeze in case of an injury, um, even then he might just be droppable. But next is uh, Ryan Tannehill, who went to Tennessee. And speaking of backups, Tannehill is my highest-ranked quarterback backup because he might not be a backup for long. I actually really believe that this move was made uh, by an organization that wonders if Mariota is really a long-term answer in Tennessee. So I would definitely hold him. So we had to drop him because he's not in the range of a starter anymore. But he didn't drop too far, given that he was like a really low-end, you know, back-end starter ranked in in the high 20s. So we didn't fall too hard um, in the rankings because I really think he's going to get the chance to win this job. Uh, Definitely hold him if you're in a two-quarterback league for sure. And if I only had uh, two quarterbacks on my roster in a one-quarterback league, I'd be happy to pick him up and just hold him for a while, even if a few weeks into next season to see if Mario loses the job somehow or is injured. um, I really um, would be excited to pick up Tannehill if someone was to drop him in a one-quarterback league, certainly in a two-quarterback league. Stock falling uh, in the running back category. I've got three listed all here together. Matt Breida, Jarek McKinnon, and Kevin Coleman from San Francisco. Oh my gosh, this was like the most maddening move in free agency. I hated this. Um, largely because I, I've always been super high on Breida and super low on McKinnon, almost than anyone. I've got Breida in so many leagues. I still like Breida the best of all three, <laughs> but I had to move everyone down just because... It's so confusing to know what they're going to do. Like, it's a super crowded backfield. What's going to happen? I moved Breida to number 28, and I still have Coleman at 29, so I've got those two lumped together, and I've got McCannon down at number 38. 
And so they're still all stacked within about a 10-player <laughs> period. I still love Brita. Um, very confident in him being the best and even winning this job out because he is the best in my opinion. Um, but there are rumors of either Brita or McKinnon being traded. Coleman obviously won't be traded after picking him up. But there's rumors of Brita or McKinnon being traded. If either of them were traded, the other stock would rise quite a bit there with a great San Francisco offense and, and Shanahan's great ability to make running backs come out of nowhere. And so I sure hope that my hope is that McKinnon's traded so that Brita can be the lead guy there in San Francisco. But who knows if that's going to happen. That was stock falling for everybody in that category. And then not via free agency, but trade, we've got Antonio Brown. I finally moved him out of my top 10 for the first time in forever. Um, I moved him down to wide receiver number 15. Um, I traded him twice this offseason. I'm actually very happy about it. Um, truth is that I just don't trust Carr to give him the ball like Big Ben could. I just don't think it can happen. I do believe he's a hard worker. He's eccentric, eccentric and weird, but I do think that he'll actually try hard, um, especially he's got a lot to prove. Like Now he's going to actually try to prove that he can make it on another team, so he's going to try hard. But the fact is that his attitude and his age are too concerning. He's going to be 31 when the season starts. His attitude has just always been horrible. And so what if Carr can't give him the ball and Carr just is is awful? Like, what is Brown going to do? It, it remains that he has to drop. Like, he has to drop. There's no way that Carr is better than what Big, Big Ben could do for him. His value has to fall. What remains to be seen is if it will fall even further as some of the young wide receivers pass him by. To give you an idea for the two trades that I did, um, I traded Brown uh, for Thielen and the 1.2 and 1.14, or 2.14, so basically, oh, sorry, 2.2, so basically the number two pick and the number 14 pick in a 12-team league. I gave up the 10th and 24th pick, so I did give up my draft position in the 10th spot, but I picked up the other team's draft position in the second spot for Thielen. I definitely think the Browns better than Thielen. I'd still probably rank him higher than Thielen. I think I actually have Brown ranked 15 and Thielen ranked 16 so they are super close but I loved being able to hop up into getting the number two pick in this year's rookie draft and the number 14 pick in this year's rookie draft as compared to being stuck at number 10 and 24 and I bought three years because Thielen is three years younger so I felt like I bought three more years of shelf life uh, there in Minnesota. I'm a little bit worried about Minnesota becoming like a run first team and Thielen not having anything of quite of a year that he did at least the first half of last year but I still like the trade. Second trade that I made was actually straight up just for Brendan Cooks. And Cooks actually has like eight years. So he's got like a lot of years. Um, or no, I think he's got five. I think it's, yeah, sorry about that. I think it's five years that he has. Maybe more than five. I'm sorry, I should look that up again. Um, either way, I, I took Cook feeling like in this league is actually a yardage bonus league. And so Cook does really well in these yardage bonuses, as does Brown, of course. But I feel like Cook uh, paired with McVeigh paired that the fact that he got a new contract um, with the Rams and uh, that he's got, I think, five years more youth compared uh, to Brown. So I made that trade. I'm happy about that as well. So Antonio Brown has fallen, and these guys are, are getting close to him. I actually moved Cook ahead of Brown in my rankings. Final guy that I actually have falling is Antonio Callaway. Really stinks because I was super high on him, drafted him in a lot of rookie drafts last year, was excited about how he played in his first year and felt like he could become the solid number two wide receiver in Cleveland. But the OBJ trade obviously crushes that possibility. I'd still roster him because OBJ has hurt so often um, and because just having a wide receiver three 
in an up-and-coming offense with Baker Mayfield, I think, is worth holding. So I wouldn't drop Callaway by any means. But that said, I did have to move him down quite a bit, and I moved him down to my number 62 wide receiver. So that's quite a bit of a fall for Antonio Callaway. I saw some people trying to offer him to me in trades this week because they know that I like him, um, but just wasn't willing to accept for what they were trying to get from him. Um, I don't think you can really sell him right now because everyone will be down on him. Best choice is just to, to hold and see what happens, but definitely he's falling down the rankings. Well, thanks for letting me catch up on uh, free agency with you guys. Do a little bit longer podcast than normal. Catching up for two weeks of action. As always, I'd love to make it a two-way conversation anytime. Contact me anytime through DynastyFreaks.com or just email me at DynastyFreaks at gmail.com. I appreciate you giving a listen. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.